Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Who's ready to go home? No, really, I'm asking. Like, that's, who's ready to go home? When I say home, I don't mean like you're ready to get up and go, relax, put on your pajamas, watch a show, and then head to bed. I mean, who's ready to go home? The reason I ask for that, yeah, I see already people raising your hands. Sometimes we can, uh, we can get into this idea and, and, and see everything that's coming on around the world and be like, Jesus, now's a good time. I try to keep up with the news, uh, and sometimes I just have to step away from it, walk away from it, and literally just go for days or even sometimes weeks without really following too closely, because it can get depressing. It can get downright depressing. And that's coming from somebody who, we live in very comfortable times, in a very comfortable part of a very comfortable country, right, for the most part. And even we can be like, we can see the writing on the wall. Things are not getting better. They're getting worse. And we can ask ourselves, when? Jesus, we see it. We're living in the book of Revelation. What's happening here? We are in the end times. So who's ready to go home? The early church was saying that too. From the moment Jesus ascended, they were already ready to go. They were ready to follow him right up. But what I want to share with you tonight is that there is a plan in God's timing. We see that things aren't necessarily getting better. We see that things are going crazy directions that I'm assuming most of us, even just a few years ago, would never have even thought possible. Really? Right? I mean, everything changed, even from when I was a kid. I mean, I'm looking, I'm... I'm, I'm waxing nostalgic as I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see somebody post a, a, a Pizza Hut from the 90s. I'm like, oh, I remember when I was a kid and I used to go to Pizza Hut and read books to get free pizza. And did anybody remember Book It? Who was in, yeah, Book It. Uh, sorry, I guess I should have mentioned this caveat. Um, I, uh, if you hear a little, little uh, shakiness in my voice, I'm not nervous, I promise. I just got over um, the death throes this past couple of few days, I'm not contagious, I promise. For those of you in the front row in the splash section, I'm not contagious. Um, but you might hear it in my voice just a little bit. Uh, so talking about being ready to go home, it was like, Jesus, take me now. That's what it felt like. Uh, come to find out, I finally um, stopped being stubborn and went to convenient care. I had bronchitis and a, nasal, a sinus infection. Uh, so a couple of things that would have been tough to, I guess, tough it out on my own. So... Thank you for those of you who are praying for me. I really needed your prayers and apparently some pretty strong antibiotics. Uh, anyway, but uh, we, we, can, we can watch what's going on and just think, when is this going to happen? But there's, God's got a timing for it. There's a, there's a purpose in God's timing. There's a purpose in God's delay. And I think as we talk about it tonight, you're going to understand that purpose and understand the reason that we may go through these tough times before the end comes. 
or before we ourselves head home. Now, I don't want you to go in there yet, but we're going to jump into Jeremiah chapter 29 here in just a moment. Jeremiah 29. We're going to look and see what God told his people who were captives in a foreign land. Now, we're not captives. Praise God, we have the victory through Christ Jesus. Amen? Jesus has already won the victory. We are victors. We're not captives. We are victors. However, I think more and more, more and more, as we see the day approach, we feel like we're in a foreign land. Foreign ways of thinking. Things have been turned up absolutely upside down. The very gender, one of the most binary things from human existence, has absolutely been ripped to shreds and flipped on its head. This is one of the things I'm talking about, that just 10 years ago, you probably would never would have guessed it would have gotten this far. And that people would be so completely clouded that they would fall into it lock, stock, and barrel. This confusion that's going on in the world today, there is a, there is a shadow that is falling over people's eyes to such a great extent. And this is the mission we are called to. But first, look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4, and we're going to look 4 through 7. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay, plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you can have many grandchildren. Multiply. Uh, I don't know if your translation has it. My translation has an exclamation point. Sounds like a pretty strong command. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you to exile Pray to the Lord for it, and for its welfare will determine your welfare. These, his people are captives. Now, they're captives there of their own accord because of their own disobedience. I don't want you to look at the captive part of this, okay? That aspect of it, we're going to set that aside for just a moment. I want you to look at how he asked them to behave in a foreign land, a home that was not their own. This is not the promised land where he brought them to, uh, when he brought them up out of Egypt. No, they lost that because of their disobedience, because they flat out didn't listen to God. And not just once, not just twice, but many, many, many times over hundreds of years and over many, many kings and generations. Like, you talk about patience. Wow. That is patience. Square, I mean, it's just... That, for God to be that long-suffering with his people is incredible. So when he allows them to be taken captive to a foreign land, I want you to see how, what he asked them to do. He's not saying, uh, uh, bury your heads in sackcloth and ashes. He's not asking them to mourn for 70 years. And he says, after that period of mourning, when you figure out what you've done, I will bring you back. No, God already had a plan to bring them back. Like I said, let's keep the captives part. Let's set that aside for a moment. Look what he asked them to do while they were there. Okay, it wasn't to sit in mourning and, 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 and anything like that. He said, build homes, plant gardens, get married, have children, live your life. They're learning their lesson because they were out there, kicked out of their homes, right? But he's saying... I want you to live your life and pray for the blessing of the city where I have put you. Do you see that even in the foreign land, God had a purpose for his people? Even in a foreign land, away from their home, God had a purpose for his people. 
And do you realize they impacted the, the nation in which they were sent to? Nebuchadnezzar, anybody? We see how the, the people of God, when they were sold out to God, when they followed his decrees and covenants, they made an impact in the foreign land where God sent them. So no matter how foreign things begin to look to us and how the thinking becomes perverse and how things get topsy-turvy and what laws be put into place to maybe even punish us that's coming down the road, no matter what happens, no matter how foreign our land begins to look, God has placed us here for a purpose. And it's not to sit in sackcloth and ashes and be, oh, Jesus, when are you coming? This is insane. What's going on in our government is crazy. What's going on in our big cities is, in, is dangerous and scary. What's going on in our schools is confusing and frustrating and infuriating. What's happening to our children and our students is making me so angry and just sit. We could, we could literally just sit in a, in, a, in a lump at home and just pray for Jesus' return and never do anything else. Is that what God calls us to do? Of course not. What does he call us to do? He says, don't forsake the gathering together. Even more so as you see the day draw near, get busy, get about the work of the kingdom. Plant gardens, build homes, get married, have children, reproduce faithful people. Right? That is the only way we are going to make a difference in this foreign land is to produce faithful disciples who will follow after God no matter what. No matter what. Even more as we see the day approach, it would be so easy for us to just hang it up and say, well, we're ready to go. Jesus, take the wheel. What more can I do? I can't fight against a gigantic government. I can't fight against endless illegal immigration and people coming in. I can't fight against this. I can't fight against that. No, you absolutely cannot. You, one person, can do nothing in and of yourself. But what happens when you invite God into the situation? What happens when you invite God into this foreign land and say, God, you have put me here, as we see in Esther, in Esther 4.14, right? Technically, the people weren't really still captives, right? It's believed that Esther was written, I think, 50-some years possibly or something. Pastor Scott, you can correct me. After the captives were allowed to go back to Israel and there were still a remnant that were still in Babylon, Esther uh, and her cousin Mordecai and these people. The story that we read here, what does Mordecai tell her? God very well could have put you in this position for such a time as this. So even though to us things look insane, God says, look at the opportunities I'm giving you. Look at the opportunities I'm giving you to speak faith and truth into this foreign land. This is no longer the doo-wop 50s. This is no longer a civil society really anymore when you think about it. We live in a beautiful community and we are blessed beyond measure, right? Because it's still pretty civil here. A lot of places in this country, especially big cities, it's, civil society is gone. So we need to wrap our minds around end times thinking here and see what does God want me to do as the day draws near? What does God want me to do whether my life, whether it's my life that's drawing near the end or whether it's the, 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 the end that's coming, right? Whatever the end is, we need to be kingdom-minded as we head towards that end point of our life. 
whatever season of life you're in, right? And we've got, praise God, we've got people from all seasons here, don't we? Solid Rock, my Solid Rock students, stand up for me. I know we've got a couple scattered a little bit, but I, had, I wanted to have most of them sit central if you could. Yeah, you stand up too, Corey. I'm glad you're here, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I love my Solid Rock students. You guys can have a seat. I just wanted to show you off a little bit. I love my Solid Rock students. They're in a young season of life. And we've got the family section over here, and I love the fact that they congregated together. It's beautiful. I love it. We've got the family section over here with young kids. Man, they're just getting started. They're excited about everything, and that's great. We can learn a lot from them and be excited about everything, right? Sometimes we need a little bit of that. Even me in my young, low 30s. We can be excited about everything. <laughs> But we got people in all seasons of life, whatever season you're in, God, what can I do? Who can I pray for? How can I speak life and truth into this person's life, into my coworker's life, into my classmate's life, into my family life, into my neighbor's life? What can I do, Father? Pray. Stand together as a church family. We are a family of believers. We're the body of Christ right here in this room. So when we talk about making an impact when we talk about making an inroads and what the enemy is trying to do this is the tip of the spear right here the body of christ is the tip of that spear god is going to do so much through these people in this room through our church family and through the believers in this community and through the believers in this county and in this state and in this nation but we've got to be ready We've got to be ready, and we've got to be kingdom-minded. We don't want to sit around, and we don't want to just say, well, I've done my duty. I'm going to sit and wait for the end. There is no, there's no retirement in the kingdom of God. There's no retirement plan. The only retirement, I'll take that back, a little caveat, the only retirement plan is when we get up to the kingdom. You know, I suppose, I'm not sure if he'll have work for us to do when we get up there, but from what it sounds like, it's just basking in the glory of God and in his presence. That'll be the retirement plan. So the best way to put away for that retirement is to do the work of the kingdom while we're here. Amen? Whoo! All right, 2 Peter chapter 3. This is originally the verse that kind of uh, put me onto this topic a little bit. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Now a little background here. As Peter is writing... This second letter, he's writing to encourage the saints. He's writing uh, uh, to to, um, encourage them and let them know that in the end times, in the last days, there will be scoffers. There are going to be people that are going to make fun of you. There's going to be people that are saying, ha ha, where's your God? He's supposed to be coming back. Where's he at? Now, how much more are we going to have that today, 2,000 years later? Right? It's not going to be any less. It's going to be more. More scoffers. More people that try to, try to uh, uh, counteract our faith and try to counteract the truth of God's word. And what does Peter say here? In verse 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for whose sake? For your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Do you realize that God's delay that God's timing is for our sakes. It's for the sake of our loved ones. It's for the sake of our neighbors and our family and our friends, those people who do not yet know the love 
of a God who came to die for them. They're so busy about their world, they're so busy about their life, that maybe they have never even taken the time to hear it, or maybe they have once heard it and they've walked away. Maybe they were once in a church and they were hurt and they were traumatized and they walked away and they decided, I'm never having anything to do with God again. We don't know why people make the decisions that they make. We don't understand it all the time either because we don't, we, we don't, see, uh, we don't see the heart of man like God does. All we see is the outside. We may see somebody that is totally off uh, going to church and we may think, okay, they're just put off by church for some reason. We have no idea the background behind that story. I've talked to so many people. Uh, uh, in fact, I had a discussion with a young lady. Uh, she was married, divorced, remarried. Both husbands, almost a very identical story, that they both grew up in the church and somehow hurt in the church or took an offense or something happened negative in the church and to this day have a very bad opinion of the church, even though this happened years ago in their uh, childhood or young adult life. We never, we don't fully know what somebody's experience may be, either with the church, with God, or growing up or anything. Talked to a young lady years ago, used to be in, youth, uh, in our youth ministry, years and years ago. Uh, and this was after she was out of youth group. Uh, we ended up finding out that she had dealt with some pretty severe trauma in her life. She had kind of, uh, was kind of uh, wavering on her faith a little bit and kind of had some questions and concerns even though she'd been coming to church for a while. And so Pastor Scott and I talked to her and come to find out she had dealt with this trauma and her, one of her big questions is, why didn't God do anything? Why didn't God do anything? And had you known this girl, you never would have known she dealt with that trauma in her life, ever. You never would have known it. She carried herself just like anybody else. And yet she was carrying this around on the inside of her. So... Brothers and sisters, God delays for that person. God delays for the person who's been hurt. God delays for the person who needs him just like you and I need him. And yet, praise God, we found our way to him. Praise God, we recognize when the Savior came knocking on our hearts. But there are people out there where he is still knocking and they're, they're just, their hearts are hardened. And God has put you in a position put me in a position to speak life into these people, to speak the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to these people for such a time as this. So even though we see the craziness going on in our world, let us not say, all right, Jesus, I'm, I'm good to go, so let's go. Let's think about who's not good to go and help them be good to go, right? That's our purpose. That's our mission, okay? Let's help these young people, as they're growing up, be good to go. Let's help these students, as they are dealing with the very tumultuous middle school and high school years of their lives, be good to go. Let's help equip them to help their friends be good to go. So when it's time to go home, they know the home they're going to. Amen? 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, we're just going to reiterate this a bit. Verses 1 through 4, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. 
Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Who wants every? Do you see that again? Who wants everyone to be saved. So if you hear anybody talk and say, well, if God wants everybody to be saved, everybody would just be saved. You realize there's a free, there's a will involved here. All right? If God could just snap and, and, and make us all saved, make us all choose him, it wouldn't have been done by now. Right? The reason it takes thousands of years is because we are the most stubborn creatures. You think a donkey's stubborn? We are far more stubborn than donkeys. And I've got a very recent story to prove that. Me laying on my deathbed for four days before finally going to the doctor because I thought I knew how to take care of a common head cold, right? Apparently, that's not what I had, and I should have gone in on Saturday and got it taken care of. But people can be very stubborn, right? And so God's patience and his long-suffering matches that stubbornness, right? But he sent his son to rescue you and me so that we could share that good news with the rest that need to be rescued. Because he is willing that none should perish. None. That means that God's will, the will of the creator of the universe who spoke everything into existence, his will is that none should perish. So now you tell me, if we read already in two spots, and there's more, but we read in two spots where the will of God is that all people should be saved, set free, born again, and become kingdom children. That is the will of God. Now you tell me if that's the will of God that a person's will doesn't also play a part in this. Because we already know God's will, but we also clearly know that there are people who are not saved yet. We also know that there are people who need you to talk to them. So there is a human will that is involved here, right? So don't get frustrated if somebody doesn't respond right away, right? Don't get frustrated when somebody flat out shoots you down or maybe even gets angry with you for even attempting to share with them. Pray. Pray that God would send other laborers across their path, people that they can respond to. Sometimes people need to hear over and over and over and over again the message of the truth of God's love for them before it finally clicks. Some hearts are just that hard. Some hearts are just that hard. But praise God, he delays. So when we look, because we're in a comfortable spot and we're okay to go, when we look and say, why are you delaying? God says, I'm delaying for your neighbor. Get off your couch and talk to your neighbor, right? And I'm talking to myself as well, okay? I'm super cordial with all my neighbors, but it's very nerve-wracking when you feel God leading you to go talk to them. We did, um, a, uh, we did an outreach, uh, uh, an event here back in November for our youth ministry, for our students. And one of the things that we did, which I thought worked out super well, we're gonna, I'd love, we're gonna do it again this year, is we put together little care boxes, very much like um, the Operation Christmas Child. So we put together these little care packages and wrote individual personalized notes and closed them up and, and wrote on the outside of them and decorated them up all real cool and then delivered them. The students each had one or two 
uh, friends that they were going to drop their care package off to um, and, and, and basically share the love of Jesus with that person, right? Well, I wanted to do a package as well. Ash and I sat down and we did one. Uh, we did a couple of them. One of them we did for our neighbor. Uh, and they've got a whole mess of kids. And so we tried to pack the box as full as we could with extra stuff. And we closed it up or we wrote a personal note on there. And, and uh, I'm just like, so I was a little bit nervous. Like, okay, we've been their neighbor for years. You know, and they know we go to church. They know we believe, you know. But sometimes it's not always easy to have that just real deep conversation, right? You just, sometimes I wait for God to open doors, and sometimes God's just like, just you open it, right? And so we got the opportunity and, and dropped the gift, ba- gift box off on their doorstep and text, sent them a little text and said, let them know what we did and that we dropped it off. And, and they said they got it, and thank you very much. And just waiting for God to continue to open those doors and waiting for us to continue to have times of conversation with them and neighbors. It's not always easy to do, but that's why God delays sometimes we're stubborn, sometimes our neighbors are stubborn, and sometimes we just need that time, right? So, this brings me to my next point that I want to make. Speaking of the various seasons in life, all right? Sometimes as we go through different seasons, it becomes harder and harder to relate to other seasons of life, right? So this is what I love about all of us coming together back in the youth room tonight. So here's something I want to do before we close out. Uh, where's Roger? Roger, you want to come up? This won't be a typical altar call, but I'm going to come up and have you play anyway. Here's what I want to do. All right. Uh, uh, it's don't have enough space to do what I really would love to do. I'll save that for another time. I want all of my students to come up and stand up. I told you I wasn't going to do anything hanky. I hope this doesn't count as hanky. Come here. All my students come up front. Abigail, you too. Mabry, come on. And here's what I want to do. So as many of you know, uh, as many of you know, uh, our young people today are immersed in a culture that is absolutely trying to destroy them, right? You guys know that, right? Anybody that's been anywhere on TV, the news, anywhere, if you've walked outside your house, you've probably noticed, okay? Um, There's a culture that is absolutely trying to pound against our young people these insane ideas, crazy thoughts, uh, uh, things. The enemy is so smooth, things that sound so true, right? They sound like they make so much sense to people who don't have an understanding, to people who don't have a connection with the Father, the creator of the universe, to somebody who is disconnected from truth, from somebody who is disconnected from the heart of truth, all of a sudden, the thought that I can be anything I want to be, any gender I want to be, all of a sudden doesn't quite sound crazy. It's something that I can decide for myself and gives me, a, for some weird reason, a purpose. Does that make sense? It's almost like it, it, it elevates me above this crazy life to now all of a sudden I have some control over something, even as gender like you do see what i'm saying like it, that that's how crazy and the culture in our culture is throwing this at these young people at a rate that is faster than anybody can keep up with right anybody except for god and the body of christ together when we invite god into the situation and when we encourage and pray over our young people and when we 
not just pray over them, but when we take them under our wings, not just in our youth ministry, okay? The, the church pays me to come back here and to, and to put together activities and to preach messages and to do small groups and to share with our students and to make connection with them inside and outside of church and to be in their lives, and we do that. My leaders and I do that. But as a church, we come behind our students, our young people, our families, every stage of life, and we work together because that's the body of Christ. Amen. Right? Yeah. And we'll get to the later generations here in just a moment. Just a moment. So these are our students. They're facing stuff that we never faced when we were in school, that we never dreamed of facing when we were in school. They're facing stuff if you had asked me about when I was in school, I wouldn't even know what you're talking about. What? Huh? I'm just trying to do math here. So not only are they trying to do math, they're trying to figure out everything else the culture is throwing at them. But praise God, we have a God that's bigger than all of that. And praise God, he has, in his wisdom, put together the church, the body of Christ, that together is bigger than all of that. Amen? So together as a church, we are going to pray over these young people and those who weren't able to be here tonight. We're going to pray over them because culture is not bigger than them. Because culture is not bigger than the God that's inside of them. The culture is not bigger than the God who came to die for them. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these young people. Thank you, Father, for the amazing plan that you have put upon their lives. Father God, we thank you that in this season of their life, they are susceptible to so much falsities, to so much false doctrine, to so, much, to so many lies that would sound so true. Father, we ask that you would protect their hearts against these lies. Father God, right now, that you would help them to be discerning, that your Holy Spirit would be active on the inside of them, Father God. And when they hear something that is not your truth, that is not the truth of the Word of God and how you have created this universe to be and to operate and to exist, we thank you that you will raise a red flag on the inside of them. We thank you, Father God, that you will help them to discern and understand and know the truth, Father God, that you would help them to discern and understand and know your love for them, Father God. And we thank you that as a church family, as a body of Christ, we come together with these young people. We lift them up, we encourage them, and we strengthen them, Father God, for the work of the kingdom in their schools, in their classrooms, right where they are. We glorify you in that and thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, students, stay up here. Because... These six years, and I'm going to go ahead and throw college into that. Let's just say 10 years of their lives. They will have, and correct me, Pastor Scott, if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure I've heard you say this before. Uh, so I don't have data to prove this, but it makes perfect sense. They will have more access to more people than, at the, than for the rest of their lives, right? Coming and going of students, coming and going in classes, coming and going in uh, middle school, high school, college, Right? until they finally settle into their jobs and settle into their lives. They, they will have access to more students who need the word of God in these next 10 years than in the rest of their lives. This is crucial moment. Body of Christ, let's come together to support these young people. Amen? Amen. Amen. Not just tonight, not just this week, 
but forever. And as these students grow and come and go, and new students come and go, we continue to pray them in and help them through. Amen? Amen. Now, students, here's your part. Are you ready? This is your family. This is the body of Christ. This is your church. Corey, I know you're new. I'm throwing you in on this. Thank you. This is the body of believers who love you, who care about you. They're moms and dads, aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas, friends, neighbors, coworkers who love you very much. They care about you. They need your prayer too. Because one day, there'll be a whole group of students sitting, standing up here and you'll be sitting back there trying to corral a baby. One day, there'll be a whole new group of students up here and you'll be sitting over here and your grandkid will be one of them. It'll happen before you know it. So I want you to pray over these people because at every season of life, God gives you opportunities to minister in the foreign land that he puts you, right? Because for such a time as this, for such a time as this, you've been placed where you're at. Young mom with kids, it seems tough. It's hectic. It's messy. It's sticky. It's crazy. And yet, it is a beautiful season of life that God has placed you in for such a time as this. Right? Right? Young adults, young adults who aren't yet married, young adults who maybe are just newly married, wherever season you are in that young adult life, you're trying to make your way, you're trying to make a career, you're trying to make decisions that could point you in the direction for the rest of your life. Things seem hectic and crazy. Maybe you're trying to form a new dance troupe, whatever it could be, right? It could be whatever it is. God has put you there for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Moms and dads with grown kids, and you're constantly trying to give them advice and and give them wisdom, but they're, they're now old enough to make their own mistakes and make their own decisions. It's tough because you don't have them under your roof anymore. And sometimes that hurts because you don't want them to make their own decisions necessarily because sometimes that means they're making the wrong decisions. But God has put you in that season for such a time as this and they're coming into their season. Pray. Because God wills that none should perish. God wills that none should perish. We are in this together as a body of Christ. We are in this together as a family. For those of you who are in your later stages of life, whatever age that may be, the golden oldies, whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> For such a time as this, you have amazing wisdom to share with these students, with me, with the rest of our church family. God has knit us together. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. God has knit us together for a reason. For a reason. Seasons of life coming and mixing together. All kinds of backgrounds coming and mixing together so that we can encourage one another all the more as we see the day draw near. So where some days we want to say, Jesus, come and take me now. God says, not yet. You've got to talk to more people because I am willing that none should perish. So students, talk to your friends. Everybody, you can talk to somebody.
you can share the love of Jesus Christ with somebody because the day and hour are drawing near, but we don't want to sit around and wait for it. We want to be found doing the work of the kingdom because when Jesus does return, we want him to find faith right here at Living Word Family Church. We want him to find faith among this body of believers actively doing the work of the kingdom and sharing the gospel. Amen? Amen? So students, I want you to reach your hands out to all these amazing stages of life that we have out in front of us, all right? I want you to close your eyes. We're going to reach out your hands. We're going to stretch out in faith. And we're going to pray over each and every one of these amazing people out here. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence in the lives of each of these brothers and sisters in Christ, young and old. We thank you, Father, that every season of life has a purpose, that every season of life is full of possibilities. And we thank you, Father God, that there is nobody in here that is done. We are all serving you. So, Father, we lift our hands. We lift our hands to you and out to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We ask that you would strengthen them, Father, for the work that you have them to do in the area where you have put them. Whatever the foreign land is that they are in, and no matter how crazy things get, Father, we ask right now in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will you energize and strengthen them, give them the words to speak, and the boldness to speak those words, and the opportunity to bring those conversations up in Jesus' precious name. Father, because we know the hour is drawing near. No one knows the time, or the, the hour, or the details, Father, but we know We've seen enough in your word to know that it is coming soon. So, Father, as we wait, as we await that beautiful trumpet, and as we await our time to be called home, Father God, let us be found doing the work of the kingdom. Father, when we pray over these beautiful people, that the work of the kingdom is being done through them, Father God, and we thank you for that. We thank you for discerning hearts. We thank you for strength and wisdom for each and every one of them as they go day in and day out doing your work and doing your will. And we thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Students, you can have a seat. Now, I won't want to wrap up until I make this offering because uh, I never want to assume about anything, right? But if you're in this room tonight and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I've got good news for you. You can know where you're going tonight. When you do go home, at the end of your life, you can know because Jesus makes that possible for us to know because he came and died for us. So if you're in here tonight and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never accepted that free gift of salvation, I don't want you to leave tonight without accepting it. So I want everyone to close their eyes, bow their heads. And if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to just lift your hand up. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you can put your hands down. Heavenly Father, I thank you for those hands that were raised. I thank you, Father God, for the decision that was made tonight to follow after you. Father, I ask that you would put your hand upon them. And as they have received you, Father God, as they have asked you into their heart, I thank you, Lord, for moving on them, Father, to follow after you, to become your disciples, and to love you, 
and to share that word with those around them, Father. We thank you for that. I thank you for that. We thank you for your presence in this place tonight. We thank you for your spirit moving, and we thank you, Father God, for uh, impacting the foreign place in which you have placed us. As we continue to live our lives, as we continue to grow our families, as we continue to grow our businesses and build our homes and plant our gardens and, and have children and grandchildren and get married, Father, we thank you that in this foreign land, no matter how foreign it becomes, you are greater. That you work in us, Father God, to share the light of the word, the truth of the gospel with those around us. We thank you for that. We thank you that as you are not willing that any should perish, we, Father, are not willing that any should perish. So will you give us fresh perspective and renewed hearts as we go into our daily lives from this moment forward, Father God, with that kingdom mentality in mind. And we thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Sorry, I went a little bit long. Appreciate you guys. I don't know, uh, how do we normally wrap up on first Wednesdays? I don't remember. Pastor Scott, do you need me to say anything or need me to, are we good? All right. Hey, I, I want to thank you guys uh, for coming back here and, and worshiping with us tonight. I know it's a little bit, got a little bit warm. I don't know if it was just me or what, but uh, uh, I know it's, we filled it up, so it's very good to see you back here. Thank you uh, for letting us host back here tonight. We love you and appreciate you, and uh, I'll call that my prayer close. So thank you, guys. Love you all very much. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.